Welcome to the CDI CTO Podcast presented by CDI Studios. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the CDI CTO Podcast. My name is Will Huber. I am the CTO at CDI. And today we have with us a very special guest. We have Christopher Fielder, who is the field CTO at one of our strategic partners, Arctic Wolf. Christopher, yes. welcome to uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thanks. It's, it's cool. We're here in our in our Parsippany office, yeah. <laughs> uh, New Jersey studios. It's very sophisticated. Uh, it's nice to have a, a guest in person, right? Uh, yeah, We've been doing some fun. of these with remote guests. This is and, actually uh, a really nice setup. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. We we built out this little studio space during the pandemic, and we found uh, continual uses for it, <laughs> uh, which is which is pretty cool. So, uh, so Christopher, what I'd like to do is spend some time really just sort of getting to know you sure. um, as an individual and talking about some of your past experiences, and then you know we'll we'll sort of play the play the highlight reel of your career. Sounds good. Um, through My current topic day. works. Yeah, yeah, cool. So <laughs> I, I want to go back to the very beginning. Okay. Um, I, I would imagine to be in probably somewhere in your young twenties. I, I would say. Uh, you, 18. 18. 18. 18. So at 18 years old, you enlisted in the United States Air Force. I was actually uh, three weeks past walking the stage at graduation from high school. Wow. And I joined the Air Force. Yeah. And and did you know you wanted to do that or was that sort of uh, a spontaneous thing? Situations, or? you know, being a teenager, it was okay. kind of my... That was my path. Yeah. So that's what I did. Hey, well, it, it's it's sounds like it set you up well. You're you're obviously doing no very regrets. well now. I've got no regrets. Um, it's been so, awesome. So interesting fact, right? It looks to me like you, based on my research, you joined the Air Force. What looks to be about exactly one month before 9/11, 2001. Uh, it was about five weeks. Five weeks. Yes. Tell tell me about that. Like that yeah. that had to have been a, a, a massive shock. So um, that was interesting. So when I went into the Air Force, you know, 2001, uh, I went in delayed entry and. The idea, everyone I talked to was like, I'm going to the Air Force. They were like, that's really smart. Nothing's going to happen. You're going to coast straight through. We're not going to go to war again. It's going to be fine. Yeah. And then I was sitting in, it was field week. So we are out in tents, you know, field exercises. And I was sitting in anti-terrorism class. And one of the drill sergeants comes like busting in through the back door and he goes, two planes just hit the World Trade Center. Oh we're gosh. under attack. And we're all sitting there going, you know. Yeah, so this is this is an exercise. You yeah. know, we just learned how to put our gas mask on. You know, we know what's going on. And he's like, no, seriously, this is real. Right. And we kind of like, okay, well, let's see. And he puts a VHS in, so that tells you how old this is. He puts a VHS in. He's like, no, watch the video. And the video didn't work. It was just static. And we were like, okay, they're really taking this, like, right. prank slash exercise right. far. And it wasn't until they put us on the buses and put us back in the dorms and we were on lockdown that we went, oh, this is real. Like, and and you, were, really you, were, what, you were in Virginia somewhere? Where were you no, physically? No, I was in Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas wow. in basic training. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, we started off with five drill sergeants. Four of them got activated because it was, yep. it was real. And we ended yep. up with one drill sergeant. And it was, wow, this is, this is a real situation. Wow. Yeah. What a, what a time that must have been. I mean... Um, now, now in the Air Force, you you were actually in the security space, right? You you were you yeah. that was your job. So so tell me about what you were doing. Sure. Uh, in the Air Force. So when I went into the Air Force, I was like, you know, I'm going to go and get college, and I'm going to you know have a lot of fun. So I actually went in as like, I talked to the uh, military entrance processing MEPS person that the job liaison. He was like, what jobs do you want? And so I filled out a form that said my top three jobs are I want to be uh, journalism radio broadcasting or photography. And he looked at it and he went, that's cute. Cybersecurity. <laughs> yeah, but looking at your background here, 
we got this cybersecurity. Well, it was there wasn't really a cybersecurity job so much at the time. So it was kind of a catch-all of IT, cryptography, and security. Okay. And what I learned very quickly in was, remember, 2001, 2002, was everyone wanted to be a CCNA. Mm -hmm. It was all like networking, Cisco, like this is where people want to go. Yep. And what I learned was find the job nobody wants to do and do it really well. Yeah. And nobody really wanted to do like the cryptography, encryption, security aspect. So it's like, sign me up. I'll do it. Well, and my, how that's changed. Right? Yeah, nobody exactly. wanted that job now. Now, you know, yeah. that's a, it's a crazy field, right? Yeah, and, it's changed and, and a lot. For, for good reason. And what I learned at the time too was, you know, if you've got a room that's got 10 CCNAs in it and one person does crypto, guess who's indispensable in that situation? Yep. So. That's right. Very cool. So, so you spent, I think, four years in, yes. in the Air Force. Um, and then, you know, then you moved in or transitioned to a role with the CIA. Yes. So you go from the military to the intelligence world. Yes. Um, also in a cybersecurity focused role. Yes. Um, I'm going to ask the question. You might not be able to answer it, but, but what was that like? I mean, what, what were you doing with the CIA? You had to yeah. have seen some really crazy stuff. Uh, I saw some really cool technology. Okay. And I worked on something called Project Sunscreen and Project Beach Ball. Yeah. Okay. I honestly... You can look it up, see if it's been declassed. I don't know, honestly. I don't keep <laughs> up with it. Uh, what I can tell you is that it was kind of a direct translation from what I was doing cryptography-wise in the Air Force. Okay. And so that's why it was an easy transition in. And uh, the job itself was very cool. You know, a lot of really neat stuff, a lot of really cool technology. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in McLean, Virginia, and I got to tell you, when it was time to start a family, it was just, this is not the place that I think I really want to raise my kids. Not yeah. that it's a bad place. Sure. Love it. Just I'm from a smaller area. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, that's what I want my kids to experience. So okay. that was really the reason I left that. So you left the CIA and then jumped into the private sector. Yes. Right. And, and held various different roles with uh, multiple consultancies. It looks like uh, Fidelis, Carbon Black, which yes. is now now with uh, with VMware, who's a, a partner of ours. Uh, the Sands Institute, yes. but all sort of in a, you know, cybersecurity focused roles. I think you dabbled in some product marketing and those yes. types of things. Um, so, so you went military, young adult, fresh young adult, right? <laughs> 18 years old into the CIA, mm -hmm. right? High pressure situations, I'm sure. Yeah. Now into the private sector. Um, what was that transition like? And, and, and what did you bring to the private sector that maybe somebody that, that didn't have that intelligence or, or military background could, could offer? Yeah. So it's being able to deal with high pressure situations, okay. being able to say, you know what, this is not going to be just a nine to five. I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure the mission is complete. Mm. And I know that's, you know, sounds very military or whatever, but that's kind of the, the attitude you have to take to a lot of this is, you know, here is our goal. We need to make sure that is accomplished, whatever it's going to take to actually do that. Um, I think that's kind of set me up to be successful in many ways because you may have gotten emails or people that may be listening have gotten emails from me at two or three in the morning because <laughs> I'm still working uh, because that's just, you know, it, it needs to get done. It needs to get done. Very, very cool. I, I think it's a, it's a fascinating progression, right? Uh, and, and one that, that isn't, um, isn't common for, for sure. <laughs> Um, it, it looks like we have a couple things in common. I'm sort of shifting directions here a little bit. Uh, you looks like you, you studied your your graduate degree uh, or your master's degree at, at WGU. Yes, is that right? So WGU is is also um, near and dear to my heart. I did my bachelor's at WGU, um, and I think a lot of people don't know what WGU is. Oh, it's, um, it's an amazing it, school. It, it really is, and and you know one of the things. So for those who don't know, WGU is a is an accredited online university. 
or you can earn your your bachelor's degree or master's degree or even uh, well i don't know if they're doing doctorates now or not but oh i have my um, fingers crossed that they will <laughs> yeah it w- that would be cool if they did um if they're not already but there's there's, there's a teacher's college they're they're huge in the in the it space they've got a business college and uh, so you did your master's, what was it in? In, uh, in uh, information security. But information I've actually security. been considering going back and doing an MBA. And I believe they have an IT they do. focus on that one as well. They do. Um, so I've, I've remained connected to the university. Um, I'm actually part of the, the, the Northeast Alumni Council with WGU Very now. Cool. And um, what's cool, what I thought this was cool as we were preparing. I, I didn't know this prior mm-hmm. to, to us preparing for this, but... Um, WGU is actually doing a cybersecurity career fair coming up. Oh, cool. It's actually a month from today. So it's it's the 13th of September now. Uh, it's October 13th where they're doing a career fair and CDI is taking part in that. That's very You know, it's obviously security is very important to our business. We're always looking for security minded, you know, technically curious, uh, smart individuals who want to grow their careers. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so we're going to sponsor that. I thought I just thought it was cool that, that you yeah. have that background. I would always recommend, in fact, I have recommended that school to many people that I've worked yeah. with just because it, they, you know, works around your schedule. It is competency-based, which I think is excellent. And yeah. uh, you get a lot out of it. Talk more about competency-based because I, I'm a big believer in technical certification. And, and um, I, I think, you know, Competency-based to, to me, uh, well, why don't you describe sure. competency-based on your experience? Especially the Bachelor of IT, I believe, mm-hmm. is one where a lot of the checkpoints are being able to pass what you can consider classes or modules is going to be based on certifications yep. that are actually directly translating into the real world, right? So you don't just leave with your bachelor's degree. You leave with your bachelor's degree and a myriad of certifications where yep. you say, this is what I've learned. Uh, because, you know, a degree is in some respects a piece of paper. It's, okay, you sat through the class, you passed whatever that teacher's test was, Mm -hmm. you know, cool. But with those additional certifications or that competency-based approach, it's, you know, this is kind of a vendor-neutral also approach to saying everyone recognizes this and knows that you had to know these skills and you had to understand this content in order to receive that certification. I think that's really useful. Yeah, and it's industry recognized, right? Yes. They're they're aligning to you know all the same certifications that organizations like us and 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 yours, right? Have people pass and to to demonstrate competency. I think uh, what's been great about them too is you know when I first was in the Air Force, uh, there were a few online schools, but there sure. was some stigma to that, like yeah. you know, oh, it's an online school, it's not a real school. What they've been able to do is kind of really break down that into where there's they don't have that stigma anymore. Of, yeah. It's an online school. Okay, cool. But I've learned way more than a lot of people that have sat through traditional sure. classes. Well, and now fast forward to today, and yeah. we're, we're doing everything online, yes. right? Like we're we're doing our jobs online, or we're educating our kids online. Yes. Like, you know, it's. Uh, I think they they've sort of paved the way yeah, in a lot of respects uh, to 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 that model. Um, and I remember when I was doing mine, I was working a global job at EMC. I was flying all over the world. Wow. I took my little webcam with me that, that, that <laughs> yep. they record you to, to you know, do these online proctored exams. I think I counted at one point. I think I did WGU exams in like 12 different countries. Wow. <laughs> um, try doing that in a traditional yeah. you know, schooling it's experience. It's not going to happen, absolutely. Yeah, cool. I think, that, I think that's awesome. So you know, um, I want to talk about Arctic Wolf, which is where you are yes. now. What, what is it that you know, you've obviously you have a vast experience across you know, uh, private sector, public sector, what is it that drew you to Arctic Wolf? What, what, yeah. What is it that made you want to join them? I got a call from who is now our CMO, okay. uh, Dan Larson about, mm-hmm. you know, seeing if I was interested in this job. And he kind of pitched the company to me of, this is a cyber 
security services company. But what made it interesting is really the vendor neutral approach and the fact that it is 100% service driven, it is not trying to sell another tool because there's so many amazing tools that are out there. Yeah. You know, you've named a few that I've worked for, but every one of them in my experience is saying that the best tool is, you know, the one that they're selling. And the truth is the best tool that's being sold is the one that fits your environment and yep. works best for your people. Yep. And I really like this approach of saying, we want to work with whatever is out there and we want to provide the best security operations for the customer. We yeah. want to make sure the customer is secure or as we say now, we want to end cyber risk. Yes. Yes. So so I want to touch on a couple of things that you just said there. You said vendor neutral. Yes. Right. That it, That is, you know, as, as a, a partner, right, <laughs> a, a channel partner of many different uh, mm -hmm. technology companies in the security space and otherwise. Um, we obviously, we represent a lot of technology, right? And one of the things you said too was, just because the right tool for company A mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't mean it's the right tool for company B or C or N. Yes, right? absolutely. And and it's all about you know how what is the right shape of, of puzzle piece that snaps yes. in for that particular customer. I, I love that approach. Yeah, um, because I got really. I'm gonna be honest. I got a little frustrated with you know working with some vendors that are out there that would always try to stick a square peg in a round hole. Yep. And that's not the case. They need to take the approach of saying, what is best for this customer? Because I feel that we're really all on the same team of we're trying to stop, quote, bad, right? We're trying to stop the next attack from happening. Sure. And that's going to require the right tools, which are the right ones for that customer. Very cool. Very cool. So um, describe, you've been at Arctic Wolf now, what, two, two and a half years? About two and a half years. Okay. So at, at the beginning of your tenure with Arctic Wolf, what, what was your first job there? Because I think it's changed a little bit. Yes. Right? We'll get to the field CTO bit, but, but <laughs> sure. where did you start? Sure. I came on as a director of product marketing okay. from my previous experience as a product marketer with Fidelis, the company okay. I was with. Uh, and I really enjoyed it, you know, but it wasn't quite what I saw as me wanting to do in the long term. Like, I love it. And I also started to work with something I'm going to name drop here. I started to work with a coworker named Matt Trashinsky, who is the senior director of product marketing at Arctic Wolf now. Okay. And he showed me what a real product marketer should be. He was amazing. And when he, you know, came on board, I was like, yeah, you've got this. Maybe there's something else. Time I can for me do to go here. do something <laughs> yeah, else, right? Exactly. Hey, that's great. I, I think, uh, you know, recognizing where maybe somebody else can, can make mm -hmm. an impact and finding something else to do, I, that's, that's an admirable trait, I, I think. Um, speaking of marketing, right? Maybe if I don't know if we if we can pull it up. Um, I think this is. We've so done cool. a lot of creative marketing with our partnership with with Arctic Wolf. In fact, you can see there on the screen we just pulled up. Uh, we did a we did a customer event where uh, we went to a brewery and they actually we created this this beer. It's the CDI Arctic Blonde. It's actually a picture of it in my kitchen. I, I maybe took a few of those from the from the <laughs> fridge at the office that I wasn't supposed to uh, supposed to take, but. Uh, it's it's been a great partnership, honestly. I, I think yeah. the marketing is great. The 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 service and and the platform stands on its own. Um, we love the the sort of vendor vendor neutrality uh, aspect there. Um, you know, so so we appreciate uh, that that partnership. No, it's been for sure. it's been great, and I think that is so cool what you were able to yeah. do there. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's always fun. We're always looking for creative ways to yeah. to do things that are that are customer facing and fun, and yeah. and also you know support the mission, so so to speak. Um, Cool. So, so fast forward to current day, sure. right? So you're in product marketing. Uh, you, you, you brought in this guy, Matt, who is a, a great product marketer mm -hmm. and, and, you know, maybe you hand the reins to, to him. Um, 
what are you doing now as the field CTO? Yeah. What does that What does that mean to to our degree? Because I find it's a little different depending on whether you're at a it vendor is. company or it is. So I actually uh, took the position over from somebody I consider a, a mentor. So he's kind of well known in the industry. His name is Ian McShane. He's now our VP of strategy. Okay. Uh, but what I do day to day is very much you know a, a mixture of events like this, mm -hmm. but also research and being able to work with customers in a way where it's like, well, what problems are you facing? And based on my experience, what could I help you overcome? Yeah. Uh, you know. When it comes to research, there's a lot of things that are out there that I'm like, well, there are no statistics or there are no numbers or information on that. Let's put some time and effort into that. So we're able to do kind of a, a trends report of where, where do we see cybersecurity going based on what's happening right now. Uh, we're about to put out another report that I've been working on, which is on compliance. Okay. Right? And what's going on in the world of compliance when it comes to cybersecurity, because there's a misconception that being compliant is secure and being secure is compliant, mm. and they are very different worlds. Sure. And so we're finding some very interesting things, like, you know, uh, we found that less than half of organizations out there employ anyone full-time for compliance. You know, they kind of say, hey, compliance is, we'll get around to it when we can. Sure. We'll do the best we can. Uh, and that translates to us because with our concierge security approach, we're able to say, if you need assistance with compliance, whether that's helping to identify reports or what compliance you fall under, we can absolutely do that as well. So we can help you where you need. Very cool. Um, very, very cool. So so you mentioned you, you spend a lot of time with customers. Yes. Um, and you you look for pain points, you yes. look for where, where are we struggling? You mentioned, you know, compliance and those types of things. What other trends are you seeing out there? Like what what, what are the like the, the chief complaints or the, the market conditions, I think, that um, where, where Arctic Wolf can, can ultimately step in and, and help customers solve yeah. challenges? So there's a few there. You know, one is being vendor neutral, also holistic in the, what we look at for telemetry. Uh, unfortunately, some customers or some individuals that are out there, some organizations can fall into the trap of saying, I just need one thing to really help solve my problem, right? Sure. They it's think there's a, this like silver bullet or <laughs> exactly. magic pill or right. Exactly. Right. Or a really good endpoint tool. Yep. A really good endpoint tool will solve my problems and that's all I need for security. Yes and no. Like a really good endpoint tool is going to work if you're 100% deployed, mm -hmm. you're managing it nonstop, and you're able to respond immediately. But those are very difficult conditions sure. to get to. Sure. So we also say we need to look at the network. We need to look at your cloud resource, especially with the cloud adoption rate. Uh, a trend that we found was that over 99% of organizations, I know that's hard to say over 99%, but it's like 99.2% of organizations are using some form of cloud. Yep. But less than 19% are actually using some sort of cloud security posture management and sure. putting the effort in to secure their cloud because of how quickly they can adopt it. And that is a major security gap, like visibility that they're not getting in areas where they're probably getting, unfortunately, compromised. Yep. So we're trying to step in and cover that area as well and help with those, Got those it. issues. Got it. So, um, you know, with, with, with that, with cloud, um, you know, I, I think we've seen a lot of sort of early adopters and, you know, it's easy. Mm -hmm. When it's easy, sometimes you circumvent process yes. or maybe maybe <laughs> you don't have the education that you need to, to you know, properly cloud, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah. in, in, in air quotes. Um, talk about the, I, I think what is a unique differentiator for, for Arctic Wolf in, in my mind is is the emphasis on that it's, it's service driven, mm -hmm. right? And it's very people and process oriented. Yes. Right. I, th I think we tend to, in, in, in our minds as technologists, and, and we all are, um, there's always an emphasis on tooling. Yes. And, you know, you mentioned the endpoint tooling and those types of things. But 
Talk to me about the importance of the people and process elements to a proper security posture. It's a, it's a simple question. It's would you rather have the best tools and no people or the best people and very limited tools, right? Because the best art like is done by somebody with just a hammer and chisel, yeah. right? Like amazing sculptures. So really good, talented people need to be the foundation of your security program. And that's what we're able to provide. Not saying it has to be this particular technology stack. It yeah. has to have these things involved. No. Let's get our concierge security team in there. Let's get our triage team in there. Let's identify what's going on. We can use our visibility capabilities to uh, start to help you. And then you can build your security posture and your security program off of that. And I think that's going to give you the strongest foundation. Because if you go in just going, I'm going to put millions dollars into this tool stack and have no money left over to hire the right people, sure. it's all going to come falling down. Or, or I'm I'm 20% deployed. Or, exactly. Right, right. And we've seen this in the past. You know, uh, I hope you don't mind me saying, but there was a very large breach at a retail vendor a few years ago. You may know who I'm talking about. And when they did a post-mortem of that incident, what they found was that the alert existed in the tools yep. that saw that this occurred, sure. but they didn't have people they were able to respond to yep. at the time, and it was a massive breach. So by coming in and saying, we want to operationalize this, and we want the people to be the foundation of your security posture, we can prevent things from like that from happening. Yeah, I love that. I think, I think it's a great, great approach. Um, let, let's flip directions a little bit. Talk about the channel. Sure. Um, obviously, we're, we're a channel partner <laughs> of Arctic Wolf. We, we represent your, your technology, and um, what is it in your mind as, as the field CTO, right? Um, you are, you're out there, you're visiting a lot of customers. I'm sure you're supporting the sales teams a lot. Um, what, what value does the channel bring to, to you, right, and, and to your organization? So we work with amazing channel partners. We are 100% channel. And I did love that about joining Arctic Wolf as yep. well. You know, not I love it too. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but it helps us, you know, to stay focused on the service. Yeah. To say, you know what, we know our strengths, we're going to keep playing to our strengths, and then anywhere where we may uh, need some additional assistance, whether it's helping to build out a technology stack, or if there's an area of service that we don't provide, we have these amazing partners able to step in and say, well, we can help you to cover any of those gaps. We can help get them where they need to be. You know, we don't need to feel like we need to push a certain set of technology because yep. we have our partners that understand that customer, understands their pain points, and then can say, this is who we've worked with, this is who we like, this is who we think would work for you. And guess what? Articool works with them as well. Love it, I love it. Um, give me your best, like, pretend I'm, you know, mom or dad or grandma <laughs> okay. or grandpa. What, give me your Arctic Wolf elevator pitch. Oh, if you're mom or dad or grandpa, I'd say, do you know how you're always calling me asking for help? That's what you're doing with Arctic Wolf. <laughs> okay. If you have any kind of issues with, you know, security or questions or really anything, that's what we're here to do. Uh, and another easy way I kind of describe it to people is we use this term concierge security, concierge like security that. engineers. And when people go, well, what does that actually mean? I'm like, well, okay, if you were to put the money into building your own security operations center and hiring all the people that you need, you should be able to stick your head in that door of the sock and go, I need this report. I need to understand where we stand here. I need to understand what it looks like from our you know, uh, defense position and get that. And that's exactly what you could do with this team. What do you get is, well, what do you need? Awesome. What do you need? How can we help you? Uh, elevator pitch that is, let's see here. I'm trying to remember how we say this. We are a vendor neutral security operations platform that is delivered through concierge security. <laughs> I, hope, uh, I hope I said that the right way. Love it. Love it. Very, very good. Um, all right. Any, any last words? I guess I'll, um, 
I'll, I'll leave you the opportunity to maybe direct people for where they can go to learn more about, sure. about Arctic Wolf. So arcticwolf.com is our website. Uh, we're always doing some sort of marketing event. I believe uh, tomorrow and the day after that, I have some webinars coming up. Nice. So please uh, check out our calendar of events that we have going. We also like to do lots of events with partners, you know, especially if you're going to have more free beer out there. Yeah. Sure we can get people to to join. Uh, we want to hear from you. So if you have any questions, reach out to us or one of our channel partners, and we would love to just talk to you about what we're able to provide for your organization. Awesome. I love it. Christopher, thank you for being here. Thank you for Absolutely. joining us today. Thank you for your service. Appreciate that. Um, thank you. And, and, and thanks for being a great partner of, of CDIs. We really, really, really It's been excellent. It. So thanks for having me. All right. It's take been fun. care. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you in the next episode of the CDI CTO podcast. The CDI CTO podcast is brought to you by CDI, hosted by Will Huber and produced by Alyssa Hall and Spencer Grogan. To learn more about CDI, you can visit CDILLC.com. The CDI CTO podcast is a production of CDI Studios.